Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast and to our ongoing conversation about practice throughout this year. It's our word for the year based off of Matthew chapter 7, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says about wise and foolish disciples that the one difference between them is not whether or not they've heard the teachings of Jesus, but whether or not they put them into practice. And so we want to be people that hear the words of Jesus ingest them and integrate them into our lives and put them into practice. So we're have, we have a series of conversations throughout this year talking about the different practices that we're jumping into. And so this last practice that we've been talking about on Sundays is the practice of community. Uh, I've labeled this as a keystone practice, meaning the we, we get this in place and a lot of other practices start to fall into place. So uh, this conversation is going to be with me and Marie Beck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marie is on our team. She oversees city groups. And I, I think you're, ne- you're neck deep in <laughs> community and relationships and all that we've been talking about. And not just in the launching of a city group semester, but in the, in the weeds, you could say, in terms of thinking about it, the questions you hear from city group leaders, from people trying to find a city group all the stuff. So mm-hmm. so I kind of want to get into that space. Uh, Sundays uh, oftentimes are, why does God say this is important? And and some higher level ideas and motivations and all that stuff. And I want to, we'll be there. And I also want to like come down into the, the everyday conversations and nuances and difficulties and all that kind of stuff. Great. So so thanks, Marie, for having this conversation <laughs> and uh, excited about uh, all that you have to offer so much in this space that you're um, continually thinking and working on and have some great, great insight mm-hmm. into all of this. So uh, I want to, we'll just jump right in. Great. Uh, big comment question. You and I have talked about this. You've mentioned that maybe the number one comment you get is, I just can't find my people. I can't find community. Yeah. Uh, I've tried a city group. So talk a little bit about that and maybe what you would say. Yeah. Um, Well, first, this is my favorite thing to talk about. So thank you. I think um, two things. The you said often people ask the question and say they have tried a city group, but can't find people. Um, And that is true. But it is often before having tried a city group or after after having tried to try a city group, but not actually made their way into one. Um, So, yeah, I think. This time of year when there's a city group launch season happening specifically, I probably hear that multiple times a week. Um, But throughout the year, it's common. I think that there are, as I listen to the conversations, there's often threads within them. Um, And I would say different hurdles that we put in the way. Yeah, you've said like it has to do with expectations sometimes, right? Like, like. The expectations are a little, almost become barriers. Mm-hmm. So maybe talk, well, I, you, I start one other thing I'm going to ask you to talk about is hurdles and walls. Okay. So, so yeah, unpack a bunch of that. Hurdles, walls, and expectations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of expectations, um, when when people look, my experience has been personally in my own journey to community and in conversations with people, when it's time to look at taking another opportunity to get into community, the first thing we do is figure out what all the obstacles are. Hmm. And um, because like Dr. Hud said, community takes risk every time. Um, it, 
it's a vulnerable space for people to re-enter into or enter, enter into for the first time. So we s- naturally start putting up these barriers or hurdles. Um, that sound like what? That sound like, oh, you know, I don't have time. Um, which begs the question, where are all of your hours going? Mm-hmm. Um, or, um, you know, I've tried. I was in a group last semester, and and I still don't have a best friend, um, which presents another hurdle of its own, our expectations of friends and friendship and specifically best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, talk about that. Yeah, well, I have a personal sort of objection to the term best friend. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we've made up in this uh, in our generations here, we've made up this term about a best friend, which um, I don't love because it communicates not only something to your best friend, but it communicates something to everyone else. You know, like uh, my wedding ring communicates a yes to John and a no to everyone else. And I think by having a best friend, we can accidentally do the same thing in our friendships. Um, and we have best <laughs> We have best friends who are the best in different ways. Mm. You know, it just closes off our openness to... And the reality is we need more than one person. So... Amen. Yeah. (laughs) So a best friend kind of makes it feel like I just have one and they meet all my friendship needs or... Right? Yeah. So, so, so what is, what, what should, what are the better expectations? Yeah, better expectations for friendship. Mm-hmm. And going into a group. Yeah, um, I think going into a group specifically, um, we can, just in general, in Christian communities, I think we can accidentally form circles. And I I would say Christian communities should look like yous. So our ex, our hope to like get in and have the same group that we have dinner like with. Like a you, like the letter you, not the letter O. Right. So, like, <laughs> so a, like you. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, yeah, no, Christian communities, community in general, but especially in the church, I think, can, without attentiveness to our language and expectations, can start to be circular and other people cannot get in, which causes a discipleship problem. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'm suggesting is that Christian communities should look like the shape of a U. So there's strength in them, mm-hmm. but there's room for new people um, always. And not only room for new people, but for the f- even some people to move out of that space. Yeah. Right? Like there's fluidity in our relationships. Yes. So maybe some of the expectation has to do with uh, who's in it and how it works. And, you know, it's not just one person. It's multiple people. And it's a you. So there's people moving in and maybe moving out. Yeah. Can you... Yeah. Add to that. Yeah, I think um, in terms of like fluidity in our relationships, seasons change mm-hmm. and our availability to one another changes. And I think we can have expectations that aren't agreed upon, mm-hmm. <laughs> therefore are unmet and are sometimes unreasonable. You know, that we make a friend and we think that it, this is it. It's you mm-hmm. and me for life, my best friend. <laughs> I I don't I don't fare well <laughs> in that mm-hmm. set of expectations. Um or want to put that on someone else. So I think, um, yeah, I think our our desire to be needed and desired and known can just sometimes get distorted slightly into this like 
tight-fisted mm-hmm. expectation on others that they cannot meet, aren't meant to meet, um, and certainly in most cases don't agree to meet. Mm-hmm. So, so we have these expectations about not only finding the best friend. Yeah. Sometimes the expectations are around how quickly it happens. Yes. Like it takes time. The study, there's a study out that says that it takes about 200 hours mm-hmm. to move from acquaintance to close friend. Mm-hmm. So we need to give things more time, mm-hmm. more than just once or twice at a city group or even one semester of a city group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Friendship isn't free. <laughs> mm. You know, it it costs us something. And time is certainly one of the things that it costs us. Um and every once in a while, we get the gift of someone who you, you know, connect with quickly. And that often happens in city groups around here. Um, and, and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But our, our expectations that inform what we're hoping for when we walk in the door, um, don't, they don't enable us. They don't, like, <laughs> make it easier for us to end up in those like sort of what you call divine flow where it just sort of works you know our schedules work together and our our interests or hobbies are similar or our sense of purpose and mission yeah so sometimes we get the like all everything works together and you walk into the group and all of a sudden you have five really great friends and you're moving quickly towards becoming or good acquaintances and moving towards close friendship and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's not always the case and maybe not even most of the time the case. Mm-hmm. Like you might go to a city group and get one mm-hmm. over time and then and then somehow you end up finding yourself in a on a on a team or you find yourself in a different city group and you get another one mm-hmm. and it's and it's a it's a, it's over time and a combination. Mhm. I, I I wrote down something here that I thought was valuable when I first read it and that is that Friendships are proximity plus frequency plus duration plus intensity. So mm-hmm. so the closeness matters. Mm-hmm. The frequency of seeing one another matters. Mm-hmm. How long we're even with them over those periods of time and the intensity of those times mm-hmm. all matter. And if any of those go down or they, as, they, as one goes down, some others have to go up. Mm-hmm. In order for them to continue to be maintained, mm-hmm. so if we move away from one another, mm-hmm. you know, move to another state, the proximity changes. Therefore, the maybe the intensity or the duration when we're together needs to go up mm-hmm. and different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So, so just a way of describing the ways that, like you said, seasons change, jobs change, proximity changes, mm-hmm. all the different expectations that we go in with need to be held loosely. Mm-hmm. And maybe even who we're looking for, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yes, like we're kind of looking for somebody in particular, and we we miss out on <laughs> some other possibilities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about that, could you just unpack a little bit intensity when you say that? Yeah, I think the intensity has to do with like. Because I could sit around with somebody and just chat about the weather. I I don't like talking about like or that. F- fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <forbid>. Now, hey, <laughs> like, right. But if you only talk about weather or the fa- or fantasy football <laughs> or sports or whatever, like the you, you can you can talk to everybody somebody every day. Mm-hmm. And if you never go more deeper than that and have a greater level of intensity or depth, maybe depth is another word mm-hmm. for that then the relationship's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, which just talks about the need for us to 
continue to be vulnerable and take that risk of vulnerability yeah so that the relationships go deeper so you could go to a city group every week every semester and end up with without real close friends if you don't actually go there yeah yeah so you're talking intensity in terms of vulnerability and depth of relationship mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i i wonder too i think you, the the necessity for initiation hmm. <laughs> you know like an like i don't know I, this is this is a, a a little bit of what i i think about i mentioned this in a in a previous message just these last couple of weeks about how like i think we i know that i want to be wanted and so when somebody calls me out of the blue and says aaron i've been thinking about you just wanted to talk man what a great feeling mm-hmm. but then that doesn't always happen and then i can i i, I have the temptation to feel like nobody cares about me or mm-hmm. man do i really have great friendships mm-hmm. so so how does that play into people's expectations and maybe to the comment i just can't find my my people yeah yeah thanks for saying that you too mm-hmm. you know i think it's helpful to normalize i think we can assume it's easier for everyone else to have community than it has been for us um so your question is about oh oh yeah so in the book um find your people jenny allen she says this we find this so terribly inconvenient but she says um if you want to have friends you have to get used to the fact that you need to constantly initiate um so i've been thinking about in second corinthians where it talks about um each of you should decide in your heart what to give not reluctantly or under compulsion because god loves a cheerful giver and i think we initially we think of that verse in terms of our money and our giving which is good Mm -hmm. the verse before it says um, those who sow sparingly reap sparingly, and those who sow generously reap generously. And I think that biblical principle of those two verses applies to community. And what she's saying, Jenny Allen, about constantly initiating, and even what you said about intensity. What we sow, we reap. Mm-hmm. And so if we sow, (laughs) not to dog fantasy football again, but, you know, if we sow conversations about the weather or about fantasy football, (laughs) that's what we reap are those sort of friendships. And then when we find ourselves in a moment of despair or tragedy or needing help, um, we don't have those people. So we... We want to be wanted, like you said. It feels better to be the recipient of someone else's initiation. But um, but if we if we kind of reckon with the fact that community actually isn't about us, mm-hmm. um, and we can shift our lenses to okay, well, t- stop right there okay. and talk more about that. Like okay. community is not about us. I mean, isn't that <laughs> almost the opposite of what everybody's thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Because I need friends. I I need people. I need support. I need encouragement. I. Yeah, those are the kinds of questions and requests that (laughs) give me a job. (laughs) Um, But I think I think uh, to challenge the sort of me focusedness of my need for community, which isn't bad. Um, uh, Just to present the. What if community was for the sake of others and the advancement of the gospel? And that when we sow for those purposes, we reap 
the benefit of community. Reminds me of the verse in Proverbs that talks about if you want a friend to show yourself friendly. Yeah. So to sow friendship, vulnerability, yeah. etc. into relationships, yeah. then we will reap that. Um, I want to shift and talk a little bit about um, the types of environments uh, that we grow in. Great. This is something that you <laughs> made me aware of, and if, um, you know, in your study and um, development of our city groups and city group leaders and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and you said that we grow mm-hmm. best in intergenerational and high joy environments, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So so let's talk about those. Let's break them up. First talk about uh, in intergenerational environment. So when you say that, what does that look like? Yeah, great. I think the we can talk about multi-generational environments, which is the presence of multi multiple generations, but intergenerational relationships is the is the integration mm-hmm. of different generations in one community. Um, so we see we see examples of this in scripture. Um, we see instruction about it. You know, older women teach the younger women. Second Timothy 2 talks about teaching others who teach others. Um, lots of examples in scripture. I think we, we haven't always had the neuroscience data that we have now. Um, and so without like going too far down that um, path. What we what we know now, because of scripture and neuroscience, is that we grow best when we are set into intergenerational communities. So there, which more naturally happened in our world, generations. Uh, yes. Passed, yes. Right now it's yes. now we have to work at it. it. Used to just happen. Right. When I first kind of, and feel free to interrupt me if I'm taking a rabbit trail here but I when I first started wondering about this I and we, we can talk about this too but I get weekly emails of people who want to who are looking for a group and the way they ask the question is like hey can you help me find a group that is other 31 and a half year olds who have a golden doodle who work in tech who aren't married and don't want to be or aren't married like very very specific meeting on a saturday morning at 7 30. <laughs> yeah in the south side of timnus like <laughs> so so we have this this sort of in innate desire to want to be with people who are like us and and so the church has hubbed people into groups like people with like people over the decades so when i kind of first came across this intergenerational idea i started asking questions and studying church history a little bit modern church history in america and um, found that when this movement started um, decades ago the family unit at the time was mostly intergenerational. So if you think about it, people 60 years ago, for the most part, lived in the same area as their grandparents and parents and and cousins and, right? Certainly in the same city, state, maybe same neighborhood. Um, And even even if you're just today, 80% of people, which I bet is higher 60 years ago. And so the church, so the church went and hubbed people so that 
young adults could be with young adults mm-hmm. because they had this beneficial intergenerational home base that they were growing in and now they could grow like people with like people well it doesn't take much explaining to see that that has switched Mm -hmm. most of the people i know don't live in the same state even my parents don't live in this state um we don't have relatives here and so we need intergenerational community in our church Mm -hmm. because our culture is like directing us like people toward like people I mean, we, we could have a whole conversation about the potential cost of that and our inability to care for people who are unlike us if we, if we aren't challenged to be in intergenerational community or to look for people who aren't, aren't just like us. Right. So, so the, I think of the, I mean, you mentioned the biblical example. I'll use a movie example. <laughs> you know, I think of Lord of the Rings and how Frodo needed Sam. Like, we do need people in our yeah. similar stage of life, our, like, walk with us, mm-hmm. understand where mm-hmm. we're at in the moment kind of, mm-hmm. you know, people around us. Mm-hmm. But but Frodo needed Gandalf, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, he needed Aragon uh, mm-hmm. for the for the Lord of the Rings. Or, you know, Star Wars, we've got, you know, Luke needed Yoda and... Mm-hmm. And and he, but he also needed Hans and Chewie and R two D two, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you might just be nodding your head and saying no, yes, I, whatever you say. No. Uh, but, I'm a teenage boy, mom. Okay, great. So <laughs> so like we we don't just need that; we mm-hmm. need more than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So 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 how do we get that? Yeah, right. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not the whole picture. Right. Which I think is one of the the also the the communicates the need for city groups which sometimes are the similar yes you know mom's group or yeah. you know that kind of thing or but then gathering on a sunday mm-hmm. puts us in a place where we're amongst mm-hmm. it can be multi-generational but it can turn into intergenerational mm-hmm. uh, and then there's also great possibilities within groups mm-hmm. for that to happen as well mm-hmm. but for us to really be intentional about that as individuals mm-hmm. and say, I need to surround myself with this kind of these kinds of people. I need older people in my mm-hmm. life. I need people in my life that are in the same stage and have have done this stage that I'm in. Yeah, uh, that I can gain wisdom from mm-hmm. and and walk through life with. Mm-hmm. So so. <laughs> so how do you find them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, quick story. I my very first city group, ten um, ish years ago here at Mill City. I wanted to. I had toddlers at the time, and I just wanted a group of toddler moms, <laughs> not a group of toddlers. <laughs> um, Two was enough. But a mom. I wanted to be around young moms with toddlers, and I walked into the city group with my turquoise Bible ready to go. And I'd never done anything like this before. And I was met with women, the youngest of whom was probably 50. Um, And they were between the ages of 50 and 70. And I would be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed. And as I look back, I think that was the greatest gift God could have given me. Um, I, I needed to, I needed Gandalfs. If they're listening, that may not feel like a compliment. Um, But I needed that. I think um, the ways we find it, this generation, the younger generations coming up, they know they need mentors. Ours didn't, I don't think. 
Um, and so there is a there's a hunger for and an awareness of a need for a mentor, which is great. Um, and I'll often have conversations with people who are like, can you help me find a mentor? Um, and I say what you say, <laughs> what I've learned <laughs> from you, um, is just find someone you want to be more like and invite them for coffee. Yeah, I remember talking to somebody. This is when I was a college pastor um, before Planting Mill City. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody younger say they went to somebody older and asked them to be their mentor. And they said, no. <laughs> and I was like, wow, well, good job on the initiation. And the more I dug into it to find out why that had happened was the person who was asked if they would be their mentor, their idea of what it looked like to be their mentor was so too much pressure for them. Mm-hmm. Too much pressure, too much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they thought I, they're looking for one person to be their like ultimate sage mm-hmm. and kind of Give, meet with them on a regular basis, mm-hmm. which might have actually been the expectation of the young person. Mm-hmm. So my encouragement after that became, don't ask somebody to be their men, your mentor. Find somebody who has an aspect of their life that you like. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's their marriage. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the way they treat their kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's their finances mm-hmm. or the way that they lead in business mm-hmm. or um, how they handle different situations mm-hmm. that you're like, wow, I like the way there's a maturity there mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And then just say, hey, I noticed this about you, and I would mm-hmm. love to learn from you. Can mm-hmm. I just take you out to coffee? Mm-hmm. And never ne- never in anybody ever doing that have I ever heard anybody say, no, I'm not willing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and just then take that time to draw draw out. Tell me about how this works. How did you learn that? What does this look like? What, t- mm-hmm. what, would you, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were my age? Those mm-hmm. types of questions. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it might be a one-time coffee. Mm-hmm. Or it might be the beginning of an ongoing, longer-term relationship. Mm-hmm. But like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Like, let it, let it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how we talk about like dating. You don't have to know you want to marry someone when you meet them. You need to like, uh, I want to go on a first date. I want to go on a second date. And the same, if we can hold loosely again our expectations of mm-hmm. people. Um, well, one we don't like inhibit or like stifle the work of the spirit to lead us into the right relationships not just the ones that feel the most right to us Mm -hmm. Um, but two we're we're not overlaying this high level of expectation as you're talking i'm thinking in scripture the in a multitude of counsel there's wisdom like there's Mm -hmm. again it kind of challenges that that cultural that cultural narrative that necessitates a best friend or even a mentor who can teach me marriage and parenting and finances mm-hmm. and how to pers- how to exegete a passage. And, like, there's so much pressure on one person, and we need multiple people. Yeah. And this is where you mentioned earlier divine flow. Mm-hmm. You know, for anybody maybe who's unfamiliar with the term, just the, like, where does it just all of a sudden feel like it clicks? Like, mm-hmm. there's just a natural... Mm-hmm flow in a way in which you just sit down with somebody and you're like just connecting and sometimes you sit down with somebody and you're like this feels really hard and and it's not bad it just isn't natural it's not a divine flow Mm -hmm. and sometimes relationships are somehow just really clunky but other times it just doesn't feel that way but i don't think we should run from those either right but when you do feel the divine flow the Mm -hmm. divine flow like go with that pay attention to Mm -hmm. it Okay, so the other aspect of of this is is a high joy environment. Mm-hmm. So, how would you describe that? Yeah, I think of um, I think 
<laughs> I was standing in the lobby the other day during uh, City Group Sunday and turned around and looked back at this this energetic room of people. And there were tears and there was laughter and there was new introductions and old friends talking. And I thought, this is stunningly beautiful mm-hmm. and so different than the church I grew up in. You know, it was quiet and serious and not that fun. <laughs> um, and I, I had a moment where I thought, thank God my kids are growing up mm-hmm. in this expression of faith, which is full of joy and not absent of pain mm-hmm. or grief, but full of joy nonetheless. Um, again, neuroscience, they shows us that we are more receptive to growth and maturation in our faith and character when we are when we grow in high joy environments and we can only experience high joy environments if we're willing to engage depth and vulnerability right we can we can have a like a facade of high joy where we're not really known and often those are the spaces where we see the enemy Um, Yeah, so a high-joy environment doesn't mean just smiley, happy, clappy. No. Just positive environment. Yeah, and and like delightful places where we are delighted in and we express delight in others. Mm -hmm. And it's authentic. And it's authentic. Mm -hmm. And um, in CD Group Leader Orientation, we always take a moment. So we'll just do it. (laughs) We don't know this is coming. (laughs) Close your eyes (laughs) and think of a person who has been a positive influence in your life and journey of faith. And now keep your eyes closed and picture them. <laughs> and you're smiling. I am, I am. Right, because when like when we bring those people to mind, mm-hmm. the the way we see them, their faces is delighting in us. That is a high joy environment. Like whatever memory you have and person you think of there cultivated an environment where you were enjoyed. And that actually, I would say we talked a little bit earlier about our need to be known or needed or pursued or whatever. Really, we want to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So when we are set into an environment where we're enjoyed and we enjoy others, we grow deeper and it's more sustained growth. Mm-hmm. So so what, what would you say to somebody? What do you say? to somebody who is, I can't find my people. Mm-hmm. How, you know, like if you, what's the next step? Or if you were to, if, if you could get everybody to do one thing or to think one thing or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. Um, this is your opportunity because <laughs> everybody's going to listen to this. So, so what would you say? That's a great question. I think evaluating the barriers for us. Um, and reconsidering that there are probably hurdles like on a track that you could just pick up and move over and not walls that cannot be moved. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I love those, the barrier, the hurdles and walls mm -hmm. metaphor or picture because because of a wall, you're like, well, that's not, I can't do it. But but it's not like there's nothing, Mm -hmm. right? There's there's things we do have to get over. Mm Mm-hmm. We have to jump over them, mm-hmm. or we have to go- lift them and move them out of the way. Mm-hmm. 
which goes to your point that relationships take work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just defining, what I like about this conversation is you're defining some of the work. Mm. You're defining the work of, of being honest about our expectations. Mm-hmm. I actually want a best friend and we're expecting it to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I don't need just a best friend. I need a, I need a few mm-hmm. good friends mm-hmm. that together can can produce a, the community that I actually need. I actually will not find it if I even if I find that one person that somehow is a great friend. Yeah. Um, so you're articulating these hurdles that we are going to have to take some effort either internally to break down and put aside, mm-hmm. or or ways that we're going to have to take work to like I'm going to have to work at trying to I'm going to go ask look for somebody with a marriage or a relationship or whatever that I admire and I'm going to have to and take the have the courage to take them out to coffee and buy their coffee and <laughs> yes. and and be prepared and yeah. see what happens mm-hmm. and maybe go to a group and it not be quite as much as what I wanted it to be but mm-hmm. find that one friend right I mean yeah identifying where the work is and if we can have expectation that there's work here and this is what it looks like that we'll we'll have a better chance of of finding what we're looking for yeah longing for yeah designed for right and and need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think one more thing i would say i just think ask god what he would mm-hmm. have you so and don't do it reluctantly or out of compulsion, but with a cheerful heart. Mm-hmm. And you will reap the benefits of what you, what you extend to people. And even in, our, in a, my own life, when I am investing in community, I have a more vibrant sense of community. And, and when I don't, it feels more barren. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't to fault my friends for not showing up. There's, there's reciprocity in our investment into community. So I think what I would say is try and try again and try again and invite someone into community and invite them again and invite them until they come. Um, and if you find yourself in, in a pattern of relationships ending it's probably worth asking someone what it's like to be on the other side of you because they're it's hard to have a friend who can reflect your blind spots if you can't find a friend but but sometimes there is work for us to do to learn how to be a better participant in community mm-hmm. that we are some of we are we are a hurdle yeah it's not always everyone else's problem mm-hmm. sometimes we we can be the hurdle Mm-hmm. So we just need awareness of what it is and to, you know, prayerfully and in community approach it. You say often when we're, we're hurt in community, we heal in community. There's just a continuation of the fluid participation in the body. You're needed, whether you, whether it's hard for you or not, you're needed. Mm-hmm. So try and try again, but maybe a moment of self-reflection is worthwhile if you find yourself, you know, running face first into a wall over and over again and not able to. Yeah. Well, one of the things uh, that I love about this conversation, but about the way you're not just, you haven't just read books. Hmm. Um, This is a part of your story of 
uh, growing in relationship. You're not just trying to get people into groups, but not having walked through the process of engaging groups of all different sizes and types and ages mm -hmm. and all of that. So you not only speak out of like good wisdom from insight and learning, but also from experience. Mm -hmm. But then the other aspect that I think you do so well is helping people take the journey, like along with them and mm -hmm. helping them navigate and get it right into the right group and set mm -hmm. expectations and mm -hmm. all that. So thank you, Marie. Um, I really appreciate your input and insight, not just here in this conversation, but in our church and in um, our team and throughout our house. Um, it's such a gift. Thank so you. thank you. And I want to just end with a quote from Eugene Peterson, um, who was a mentor for me, mm -hmm. um, somebody that was a mentor from afar. Oftentimes we can have mentors in books. Um, I do think we need live mentors mm -hmm. as well, but uh, he ended up becoming by the grace of God, like somebody that I was able to know and spend time with. Um, and so I saw, I saw it in his life. It wasn't just good ideas in a book, but here he says this after years and years and years of uh, relationship and life and all of that. And he says, I did not come to the conviction easily, but finally there was no getting around it. There can be no maturity in spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness in the Christian life apart from immersion and embrace of community. Hmm. I am not myself by myself. Community, not the highly vaunted individualism of our culture, is the setting in which Christ is at play. So I, I think if that's what he thinks and that's what he experienced after years and years, and I'm not his age yet, like, I'm going to trust that. And um, we need to, again, because of that, keep trying, keep mm -hmm. working, keep going at it, keep mm -hmm. identifying hurdles, mm -hmm. having the honest conversations, mm -hmm. and keep engaging and asking God. I love that. What a great um, encouragement at the end. Mm -hmm. Ask God, pray, seek, seek yeah. ask him for what he knows we need and he mm -hmm. designed us to need. So mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. I uh, hope that you found this conversation helpful. Uh, there's additional resources. There's lots of books and lots of different ways that we can continue to grow and find uh, helpful tools and tips and, and other people's stories. Uh, you can find some resources that we've posted, uh, books and videos, things like that, on our website, on our blog. Uh, just go to the section that says for this one practice community uh and if and 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 also make sure that you listen to the messages and get plugged in and we, there's also ways to email us uh, get in contact with us we'd be happy to help you find your group uh, and find the power and experience the power of community thanks for joining us mm -hmm.